0: From the internet, it's the Local Host Podcast with Mark Drew and Rob Dudley. Hello from the internet and welcome to episode 4 of the Local Host Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything and anything related to web development and surrounding topics. In this episode, we'll be talking about working for the man, and handling the responsibility of going it alone. I'm Rob Dudley, and I've contracted the services of Mark Drew, who will hopefully be able to deliver on-spec and on deadline all of the uh, required work that goes into the Local Host Podcast. Hello Rob, how are you doing? Hi, Mark. I'm really well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm enjoying sunny Greenwich. How's uh, sunny Jersey? Oh, sunny.
0: It is very sunny. I mean, this is exactly the kind of day when you want to be sat inside recording.
1: Well, it's perfect. It's a perfect yeah. day for sitting inside recording. <laughs> so we're going to get on the job today. We're going to talk about everything to do with working and a variety of ways that we work, aren't we? Um, but we I, are. But I think um, before we get into the show, I think we should do a full disclosure bit. Because if we're going to be talking about different ways of working, such as being an employee or a contractor, we should say what we do, because we might have a different perspective than most people on it. I think what we do, and potentially a little bit of what we've done, because, I mean, well, been around a while. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go first? What do you do, Mark? What do you do? <clears throat> right. Uh, well, this is. I don't want to make this into a major plug, but I run a small company called Command, which is a consultancy. We do web development for various people. We do consultancy on on how people should do web development. Um, we also build and maintain existing sites for, for various clients. So rather than being, um, so I'm kind of my own boss and I hire some people that work with me to deliver that kind of stuff. So yeah, a kind of different situation of being employed by a mega corporation. How about yourself, Rob?
0: Um, currently I am a CDO of um, a tech startup. Prior to that, co-founder and CTO of a tech startup. So I've been doing the startup thing for a bit, um, which means you get all of the uh, pain of of being freelance and none of the fun. Um, It's very rewarding, honestly. Um, And um, yeah. Um, I've also you know, done my time in, in the big dev teams. I have worked for Megacorp, um, or at least the closest thing we have to that in Jersey. What's, what's um, the closest thing that you can have to Megacorporation in Jersey? It's kind of like 120,
1: 150 people. That's that's what counts as a large enterprise oh on the island of Jersey. <laughs> OMG. Well, I've worked for some companies that went from being, um, when I joined, I think there were 12 people and expanded to about 300 people in the period of about three years. This is the dot-com boom years, of course, um, which is kind of interesting being in a part of a com- company where you all know each other's names, you will go down the pub, you all socialize with each other because you know you're in your 20s and that's where you spend most of your you know, your buck that you earned during the day, um, to a company where there's people wandering in and out and they have suits and you're wondering, what is people in suits doing at this company? And they're actually people that work there and you've never met them. It's kind of an interesting <laughs> situation to do that.
0: You can always tell when you've got a marketing department um, or and a HR department.
1: That's when you know you're in megacorp land. Right. I mean, to be fair, I think our accountant was our HR department at one point. I don't want to... Uh, to get this wrong. But yeah, it's when you start getting a whole department about on how to manage the people that actually exist rather than to deliver anything. It kind of um, gets interesting. Then I think I think a good balance is about 30 people. I don't know how big your company is. But I think if I grow a company, it would be about to about that size. I think that's a good. balance. Maybe the, the, the listeners can tell us whether they like whether they work for a company with about 30 people, if that's the right social makeup. I think we'll
0: probably get into this again in a, a
1: little bit, but um, I think
0: it's more you can have the biggest company in the world. It's all about team size. Right, That's what what makes the real difference? Um, and I'd stick to is it is it Bezos is it two pizza? What really? Yeah, you must have heard this. The two no. pizza team. Uh, the a,
1: any team that's larger than can be fed comfortably with two large pizzas is too big. Have you seen the pizzas in New York? They're massive. I mean, that's a huge team. <laughs> like if you get your your little Dominoes round here, that feeds me. You know, one of those one of those little frozen ones you pop
0: in the microwave. It's right, like, yeah, right. That's, that's, that's a tiny. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I'm going to eat both of those. Yeah. You can imagine his confusion when it comes to like really small two man teams. Like what well, you said, pizza. Yeah, and he wasn't very hungry anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, so, so that's a good thing about working for the man, right? Having a good, good, good size team, social team. So let, let's talk about the, so what do we mean by working for the man? I mean, it's or a woman. I mean, by the way, you can work for, for that. that was a capital T, capital, capital M, um, Johnny Cash reference, I think. Maybe. But, um,
0: so well, that- basically, we're talking about working for a large-ish organization, right? This is uh, to be honest, where a lot of people will start potentially their their careers. They'll they'll go into a, a larger organization. Uh, you have a manager, and it's possible that he or she has a manager, and there's people at the top who you see floating around but never really engage with. Um, so it's it's about being an
1: employee, right? Right, and you, and that that has got some really lovely benefits of, uh, of that, including the benefits that you get from, uh, the benefits, um, such as dental, medical, and thing, whatever they've offered you, sort of shares and uh, a cat and a petting zoo and back rubs or whatever big companies can afford to keep their employees happy. Um. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know, some of those
0: benefits, depending on the company, can be amazing. You you could get, um, you know, you look at, kind of take the the whole mega Google idyllic approach where you've got this this campus set up and they've got free organic lunches, massages and all the rest of it, uh, right the way down to probably the more commonal garden where you get a pension that's a bit shit
1: um, and maybe a dental plan that basically covers one filling every four years. Right. But I mean, having said that about those kind of lunches benefits, I've been reading recently there's a lot of backlash amongst them because... uh, and I can't remember the company, and I'm not going to name and shame, but they had like evening dinners if you're working late. But now it became a thing that basically that's going being exclusive because that benefit can only be given to people that have to stay back and not see their families. And there's a bit of a backlash against this overworking in the states. Um, but yeah, so that is a benefit you get your free food, your organic food, your canteens, which means that you don't ever leave your office and you uh, you always. You know, make sure that you're not too far from your desk. But having said that, compared to London, which in my experience has been, yeah, you go around the corner, and get your your floppy sandwich, and you go back to your desk to 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 eat it in like a space of twenty minutes, and then uh, yeah, no organic lunches for me in mm-hmm. my experience, anyway. Maybe you need to go and, you know, get a a proper job. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm employable anymore. Um, So, yeah, so the other pros, apart from organic uh, lunches, are kind of regular wages, right? So you know that at the end of the month, you're going to get whatever money that you know that all your taxes are going to be paid, that you can, you know, hand on heart, go to the taxman at the end of the year and going, all I have earned is what this company has given me, and they sorted out the tax, so bugger off, Mr. Taxman. Yeah, and it's it's handled for you. You get all of your national
0: insurance. Everything is kind of dealt with, right? So, but right. the rub, yeah. that salary, that wage, is it realistically going to be as much as you could earn if you were freelance? Probably
1: not. I mean, there's a balance to this because having looked at at the a little bit of the mathematics about this, I don't want to go in there. You might earn, let's say, £50,000 from a company or whatever. But the company is actually paying about £60,000 for you because they put the taxes and they put the money aside for your holidays and, and everything else. So you, in in theory, even though you don't see that, that's how much you cost, right? That's a, yep. that's a resource. So you could possibly earn that. So whenever you ask, oh, I want to earn this because it looks good for me, selfish, 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 the company says, all right, we have to give that plus anything else, plus... I don't know if they treat you like furniture plus depreciation or whatever of your skills. It's been five years, Mark. I'm afraid we've had to write you off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: but actually, that's another thing. You often get, you know, um, equipment provided and what have you right, as part of right, this kind right. of role. Yeah. So, and depending on the, on the company, that can either be good equipment or it can be like this three eight six PC that they just give to the new guy every time. Um,
1: I'm noticed that's actually ninety five, right? I think I think that's been a, a massive benefit for some companies because as a developer, you want to, to have the good kit. And the good kit doesn't cost that much in comparison to the rest of your wages, right? So, you, so, give, being giving someone like I know I'm going to get like abuse about this. Let's say a brand new Mac MacBook Pro compared to uh, that old three eight six can be seen as a greater benefit than it is in cost, right? Yeah. And the thing is, you've got them tied in, you know that they're happy, they're productive,
0: they've got the machine they want. Um, and it's it goes to things like, you know, some of the companies I've, I'm aware of um, offer quite a generous hardware package.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not hammer. as I thought I'd be yeah, saying yeah, at uh, this time on a Saturday morning. Right, a nice um,
1: hammer, uh, 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 you know. Screwdrivers. No, but you get the yeah. state-of-the-art laptop.
0: You get the nice, you know, latest, shiny smartphone. Uh, and they're flexible. They'll let you kind of choose and what have you. But often, realistically, this is an upfront spend of, what, three, four grand? Right. Um, but, I, yeah, like you say, in the in the the general scheme of things, that's a fraction of what they're going to be paying you anyway. So it makes sense to make sure that you're a happy little camper.
1: Right. I mean, there's the different um, incentives that they can make. Um from back rubs on on I mean massages because obviously you're sitting crouched like like a crow over your desk coding away all, all day. Uh, but of course the other one is holidays, right? So you know that you can get you know as part of your deal you get 20 or 25 days. I'm sorry Americans, you we get quite a lot of holiday in this in the well rest of the world really. It's just you guys. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we we appreciate the need to be able to kind of go away for more than a week. long weekend.
1: Right. Um and you get other benefits and of course the, the big one i think now in as time goes on is the social element right because normally when you work for a big company normally i'm just saying this is there are there are um, exceptions to the rule but you are working in a in an office right uh, you're yep. working with other people and you get that social element which as uh, social creatures is kind of also a benefit yeah, so going out, you know,
0: whether it's uh, going out with the rest of the company or even just with the rest of your team, um, they're often potentially subsidised, which is mm. always nice. Get mm. a few beers in, in on, on, on the man, uh, and even if they aren't, it's, uh, it's just a really useful social element to working that you can actually go and socialise, and again. We have to balance it. You don't want to be spending all the time with the people you work with, but I know certainly in uh, when I was kind of getting started, uh, and for a lot of people, I think this is still true. A large portion of their ongoing social circle and expansion of their social circle comes from work, right? You know, uh- the the friends that they make that they keep. One of my my oldest friends who um, um, I have over here. Um, we met when I was I was temping, you know, fair enough, that job didn't stick around, but that friendship absolutely has. Right. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that needs to be factored in, I think, when you're balancing off the fact that you get to work
1: with people. The opposite is also true. You will also have to work with some people that you just don't like. And you have no option because it's like, I don't want to work with them. Well, how about getting another well, job, it, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. well, you know. Um, um, so route. you have to be, you have to kind of, yeah, you, you get quite good at dealing
0: with the, uh, the malodorous guy from accounting. <laughs> um, or any
1: yeah. other department, we're not hitting on accounting. It's normally, account- no, no, we're <laughs> not, we're not. I mean, the other side of it is that a lot of companies have to um, expand your skill set. As we talked last time, how do you become a good developer? Uh, the company has to, or generally does, to do training. And even if it's not training, you're learning from other people around you. So hopefully you're not the smartest guy in the room. Hopefully there's other smarter people around you, like in the immediate vicinity that you can leech information from and, and, and knowledge and improve yourself as well, which if you're not working for a big company or if you're not working for a medium-sized company, you're not getting, right? No, well, you'd have to go and seek out that kind
0: of... Peer learning and, and knowledge transfer, and and this goes back to what we were saying last time. You know, you you might spend probably a lot more time at user groups or what have you, whereas right. inherently as part of your team, unless you're unlucky enough to be the only techie in the village yeah. in a, in a company, which can happen, yeah, um, yeah, you're going to automatically have somebody to bounce ideas off. You're going to be constantly bring each other up to speed on on cool stuff that you've discovered,
1: um, and yeah, but there's a flip side to all of this though. I've got to say so for you know we say that we have holidays right but those are controlled in a way by the company because if you go oh i've got to go over i've got to change i have kids and i need to go away on easter holiday well there's a project on you you had to you know book it off six weeks in advance or eight mm-hmm. weeks in advance uh the other one is that your hours are controlled i used to have a very open contract which is like you should be in the office in working hours and some companies are changing that a little bit to so, say, hey, here are the core hours. But I was present when a company changed that to say you have to be here from nine till six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a media company that people used to, used to work late to get stuff done. But then they'll come in a little bit late because, well, they'd been there till the night, nine o'clock, the, you know, or 10 o'clock the previous evening. The moment the company changed that policy, suddenly I noticed a massive change in the attitudes of people. They were like, okay, fine. If I have to be here at nine, then I'm only, I'm going to leave exactly at six on the dot. And I thought it was yep. a very detrimental thing to the company. But that's what happens is the company saying, you, you have to be here at this time and we'll tell you off. We we'll might fire you if you're not here at this time.
0: Which this is it, and, and the HR departments now starting to get involved, and, and maybe somebody will start, you know, some kind of punch in, punch out system. It's the the beginning of the end, in my view, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, flip it on its head. Um, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of balancing, I think, in this in this episode. Oh, yeah. You know, the company does need to make sure that they've got cover. That there's right. people there to answer the phones, and it's it's almost easier to say, well, hang on a minute, those those guys over there with the nice computers, they get to rock in whenever they want, and and because we're here in in customer service, we have to be here at eight thirty.
1: Yeah. Um, the it's problem often is easier that, just to level yeah, it out. Yeah, but the problem is that people in customer service don't see it. We're going to go well, like the phone line's open from nine to five, and I'm afraid no one's here to take your call at five o'clock, right? But then there's a designer there still working, getting that. PowerPoint presentation done for the CEO for the next for his big presentation the next day till ten o'clock at night, but no one sees that because they're down the pub uh, drinking the social money, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that it it's different for different types of company. It's different for different organisations. There's been quite a big push that I've witnessed towards this concept of like flexible time, and you can here at the core hours and what have you. The bigger thing for me has always been holiday. Um Mm. the fact that as as we'll we'll talk about, um if you are master of your own destiny, you can be like, you know what? It's a nice day today. I'm just gonna get up and go to the beach. You don't have that if you're working for somebody if you're employed. Or if you live in London. And it may well be sorry? Or if you live in London we don't have a beach. We're not Brighton it isn't Brighton like thirty minutes on the train or something? Yeah. Um See, I know (laughs) You have a podcast that is known things and being drunk. No, no, no. We're not plugging the podcast again. Um, We do. It's amazing. But anyway, (laughs) um, whereas, and uh, yeah, the other thing that you'll often find is you're restricted by other people's actions. It's like, okay, well, um, I want to go on holiday in July. I want to take a week off because it's my birthday. Hmm. Um, It's like, oh, no, you can't. Why not? Because Steve and Amy are already off. Yeah, son of a bitch, Steve. Yeah, exactly. um, but that's it. That's the
1: reality of it. You know, you you just have to kind of play within the rules. I mean, and even if you're a contractor or or run your own company, you have to make sure that you have some kind of cover, right? So, so we're not we're always like selling our our time or or you know our, our efforts to to do this. So yeah, um, I think others others there's other downsides for companies that I, I think are not quite obvious. Um, and I wanted to do an episode, maybe we should do an episode about open source, and this is where I was getting this from, is that the IP, uh, oh no, maybe we were not on open source. No, uh, that was my, that would be amazing face. Sorry, facial oh, yeah. expressions on a podcast work <laughs> yeah.
0: beautifully well. Um, yeah, we should definitely do an episode on open source, but
1: you were getting on to a very important point on right. IP. Yeah, the IP, the, the intellectual property of your product when you work for a company, depending on your contract, but generally, it's all owned by the company. So anything you do whilst you're working for that company, and and usually yep. is whilst you're working, is during the years that you work for that company. So even if you go home and do something, it's sometimes owned by the company unless unless there is a clause not to. Uh, as- uh, this is a
0: huge thing, and I've I've. I've had to do this for the past two employment contracts I've signed, which are to basically get exclusions added for open source projects Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of other bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, Not least of which, because frankly, I mean, they could try and claim that they own WordPress because I contributed some documentation one time. Uh, I don't think that's going to fly very well. But at the same time, this is the one thing that, and again... Companies do it because it's really easy just to put in this catch-all clause into the contract. Yeah. Um, and they do need to protect themselves. They want to make sure that they own anything that you create. Uh, but the one area of employment that sticks in my craw um, is the really, really heavy-handed IP grab clauses where it's like, we own everything you make. Right? You want to have kids? We own them. <laughs> Um, Well, they're intellectual property, right? It's intellectual property (laughs) that's inside those kids, not the kids themselves, right? Yeah, Um, maybe. Um, So yeah, Um, the nice thing is that I've always found that most companies, that's the one area where they kind of go completely nuclear out of the box, right? Right. We own everything. It's the one area where they're normally happy to have a conversation about, okay, we can probably work around this. Yeah. Use the word deal breaker when you're talking to them um, and they'll probably rework it. If they won't, you have to ask yourself, is that the kind of company you
1: really want to work for? Right, because as, as a, we talked about this uh, in the previous podcast and the people that you kind of want are the, are the people that are interested in technology, that are doing open source projects, that are doing those things. Uh, because there's good employees, are good developers, they're going to add to your company. And if you ha- have a contract that says you can't do that, you can only work on our stuff, then you're not going to attract those people. So you have to have that that kind of dialogue. Um, But this is also a warning for open source companies that what they have to do is have a contributor agreement that actually, because a problem comes if you want to change licensing for an open source project from MIT to Apache or whatever, whatever the, 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 the change is, it means that you have to go and see that all the contributions have been made have been made with, even if it was you, Rob, doing it, Let's say WordPress wants to change it, and you've done that contribution. Then they realise, oh, he was working for X company. We now have to go and get their permission to change our license, so unless you've signed a, a contributor agreement saying that you're provide you're giving away the the uh, intellectual property. And make sure that you can do that. That's yeah. the thing, because contractually,
0: potentially, I can't.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: You know, so it's it's a minefield, right? Um, and it's just one of those things to be aware of as. It's very easy when you're starting out just to be like, yeah, you know what, I don't care. They can have it or uh, they'll never use it. You have to think every successful product, platform or service has started somewhere by yeah. somebody. Yeah. And do you really want to take the chance that that amazing idea that you have is not necessarily yours or is going to be complicated or even stifled because you didn't read
1: through and request an amendment to your, your IP clause? Yeah, you should always look into that. I think... Yeah uh this is such an important thing maybe for me because i'm I'm into open source software um and have a background in it that you go well intellectual property is very important who owns your product um as freelancers and i think uh external service providers you can decide that because that's part of the contract that you're saying so for Mm -hmm. example if you went to a company and they want you to build you to build them a site you build them a site but say hey but the framework that i used to build the site uh, the javascript framework or the whatever framework i'm keeping that you paid me to do build this but you actually didn't pay me to build this you paid me to build the site which is what the framework did so you can as an example i'm um so you can own that IP, but as, a, as an employee, you have to really read the contract, right? I'm not a lawyer, but read that contract. And going on, I think, to the final point that I can think of a, a con of working for a big company is that the company decides the tech that you're using. If you're really in love with a certain tech, if you're like a Java developer, or a Fusion developer, or a PHP developer, or whatever, and the company, for usually for frivolous reasons, decides that they're going to change technology, Uh, usually it's because Microsoft have taken them out for lunch a lot. And now you're going to go into ASP.net or something like that. It's been my experience. Uh, Microsoft say, we'll give all your licensing for free if you do everything in .net because it's much better. And they're going to dump the technology that you love or the thing that you're interested in. And either you can like it and, you know, retrain, which could be very good because now you've got another feather in your bow, or lump it, you know, or... Just quit, or you get made redundant because you're not a .NET developer. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't it know. is.
0: It's not something that I've actually run across um, because most of the companies I you normally know when you come in upfront what they're using, but it's a risk, and it's 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 everything. It's um, they suddenly decide that you know we're going to get rid of. For example, uh, I use a Mac for development, right. Um, because I'm a developer. Right. Um, no, sorry, that's very arrogant. But basically, I like it. What have you? Um, you know, the company could quite easily turn around and say, actually, we've just struck a deal with Lenovo. Everybody's getting new ThinkPads. Right. And, you know, great. Okay, thanks. You've just completely shot my productivity in the foot. Or yeah, we've got this new database provider. We're going to have to go in and retool. Or we've got worst case, we're dumping this language that you know love for this language that you may come to know and love but it's change and
1: we fear change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, our primal lizard brain kind of like skitters away going not PHP. Uh, our Java programming nobody ever
0: changes to PHP. Uh, you change from PHP, uh, right. Um no that's that's a serious thing, right? Um I'm a, a card carrying PHP developer. There
1: is uh, there's just card. It's pink. Yeah, right, yeah, it's a pink elephant. Like a pink PHP elephant. I'm literally um, seeing pink elephants. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it. Normally,
0: that's where some enterprise architect has come in and said, "No, you've got to do this in Java." Right. Um, but it's it it's it's down to the fact that you don't really have control, and until you reach a certain point or a certain level inside those organizations, you may not even have a say. Mm. Um, you're you're pretty much you you show up, you do what you're told to do, um, whether that's you know, which tools you use to, to code with, what you code in, um, or even who you're delivering the service to. Mm. Um, I mean, I've parted ways with companies because they shifted markets to a market that I personally have a massive problem with. I'm not going to name right. names, but mm. suffice to say, it wasn't illegal. It was just um, immoral. Sure. <laughs> a mean, little bit grubby. Right. Um, and again, they say we're go- we're going to be working with these guys now, and you're like, right? Uh, I don't agree with that. I'll mm. see you later. I've fr- I, not. Uh,
1: I, an acquaintance of mine—I don't want to say what kind of relationship I have with them—had a uh, opportunity to work with a company, but they're very pro-gun, an American company, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to work with them. So he he's able to choose that, right? If because that's against his belief, right? If it's, if your belief is to carry guns, that's great, and you can work with a company with fine. But if you disagree fundamentally with what a, what a company does, um, you know, you, if you work for that company, it's like is you know out of the door. If you know that's the only way that you can vote, and that's by losing your your job. One of the good things that we have in Europe, though, is that walking out of a company is, you know, you have to give your notice and 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 things like that, uh, but it doesn't mean the end of the world apart from getting another job right um in the u.s if you do leave a company means the end of your your health care you know so it could be the literal end of, of the world because you might have to have drugs that you need to take that if you quit one job and until you get to the next one you know so i think there's kind of a kind of a harsher reality there for that but, uh, but definitely f- the stakes,
0: the the risks and, and, and the the counterpoint are higher, I think, in the US. Um mm. and it, it doesn't have to be the US, it could be, you know, in the UK and Europe, but you've got a family of two kids and three dogs. You know, if you've got dependents, then all of that stacks up and makes it much harder to just say, you know what, see ya. Um <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'd say we're 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 in a fairly lucky position, certainly in the UK, where you can probably actually if it comes to it, you can just mic drop, quit, and provided you're half decent, get another job without too much of a of a, a road bump in your life. Okay. So. We've completely damned
1: working for a company. Nobody's ever going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that? That's insane. I mean, one of the things that i come across is the strange rules, and the only way I can equate it is uh, there was an experiment that I'll have to look up the which basically they had three monkeys in a room. And they always do experiments with monkeys, obviously. I talk to monkeys, now we have experiments with monkeys. And what they had was a ladder in in, in, uh, that room, and any time the monkeys got close to it, they would spray them down with water, which obviously the monkeys don't like. So, mm-hmm. uh, what they did was remove one monkey from there. So, two of them knew about the ladder and the spraying of water and replace it with a fresh monkey that didn't know about anything about this. And the moment the new monkey tried to go next to the ladder, the other two monkeys beat him up, right? And told him not to do it. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, they replaced all the monkeys and, and they wouldn't splash water. It's only the original monkeys that got splashed with water. So then, a few generations down the line, they start replacing monkeys. And now monkeys that had no knowledge of why there would be any reason to to not touch the ladder, it would still beat up the new guy that tried to touch the ladder. Now, I've encountered that in corporations of going like, I'm going to go and plug this in. It's like, no, don't do that. Why? Because don't. Bad things. Bad things. And I think those are the rules for wearing shorts in, in most companies, I think.
0: Oh, don't get me stuck in on dress <laughs> code. Oh. Yeah. So, C- can I ask a serious question? If anybody yeah. out there does actually have any evidence at all that tying a length of cloth around my neck makes me a more productive individual, please just send that on in. Right. No, I, I know it's about respect. And all the rest of it. Blah blah blah. But yeah, the indoctrination of, of fear, and it's 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 more about um, company culture, the fact that you basically have to. Fit into the culture of that company, and that can be as big a stumbling block as anything. Because in some cases, you know, you'll you'll fit in just fine. They're, they're they're a company that aligns with you, whether that's your views or your way of working, what have you. In other cases, no, there'll be stuff that's been handed down. And Again, you can't change it because nobody even remembers where it came from. Um, you are just the new monkey getting beaten up every day.
1: Right. So now you can. What we can do is drop the mic, walk out the door. Don't turn around now, you know, say that the company's not wanted anymore. And what's your choice? You don't want to go and work for another company. Um, So you can go freelance or self-employed or contractor, or you can make my own company with blackjack and uh, hookers, as the bender said. (laughs) I was going to think, the, surely the, there's
0: there's a week the, of just, like, sitting on the sofa, eating tiny pizzas, watching Rick and Morty box sets, right? Right, yeah. Um, well, and after that, the,
1: after that, when you when the, the pizzas are running low, you think, hmm, what do I do next? Need money to exchange for goods and
0: services. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. how it works. So um, freelancing, self-employment, all options. Getting another job, of course, is an option. Right. Uh, but let's say that you've you've decided that yeah. you're you're gonna you're gonna go it alone. You want to you want to see what this freelance thing's all about. Um, I mean, I've been there probably as a true freelancer. I've probably been there like twice in my life. So mm. two, give or take one year, and then eighteen months
1: the last time. I think we should clarify what's the difference. Uh, uh, what's the difference between freelance and a contractor? What, what I hear the, ah. the the word freelance a lot amongst mainly designers. Or the more creative side, right? And contractor more along the lines of IT people that come in to do a a contract for a, a specific amount of time. Is that what 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 experience you have? Because I mean, I've got a loose. Well, connotation I think. Con- them. I mean,
0: contract is easy to define. It's exactly that somebody right. who works to a contract. They are contracted to deliver a piece of work normally in in IT terms you know we we see that as being where you're you're parachuted into an organization for six months 12 months whatever mm-hmm. um, to do this thing um, freelance I've always seen as being slightly more flexible because once you're contracted in um, you're doing that thing right right so if you've got a six-month contract that's you for six months gotcha you're not yeah. you're not moonlighting you're not you know, doing anything else, you've still got to try and work out what you're going to do after six months. Sorry, six months and one week, because you know there's a new series uh, and more <laughs> yeah. tiny pizzas, right? Um, of course. <laughs> but yeah, um, freelancing has always—I've always viewed it as you can have multiple work streams in parallel. You are basically managing your own client base. Gotcha. Um, and sometimes that may involve a larger, chunkier piece of work that dominates time and a contract.
1: Right, so someone um, that you parachute in to do a job, but not over a period of time, is to literally do, hit that mas- hit that production milestone. Contract or freelance? Uh, freelance. It's like, hey, I want you to come in and design me the front page of our new super duper website. So that's a yeah, freelance it's a, job, it, right? It, Possibly even,
0: it's not even that you want them to you come know, in. Go- it's like, you know, I mean, we need I mean, go- a new page for Super Duper website. Mm-hmm. Let's call this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will do it. They will deliver it. They'll meet with us and what have you. But they're working from their own studio or their own office or their own bedroom, whatever. Um, and they may well have other stuff going on at the same time. We don't
1: own their time exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, we just basically want the work done. So, and the, the situation with freelancers generally is that they're self-employed, right? So either... Yeah. I'm saying generally, but we'll move on to the other side which means that uh, you don't have a company per se. you don't work under a brand you don't have but you just say I have earned this money and Mr Taxman here's what I, what I earn and this is some tax I'm meant to give you right? I've never been self-employed. Your common setup
0: will be you're a sole trader. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. The right term. Um, which means you're you're not part of a company. You haven't formed a company. You're just you working on your own. Um, but that does mean that you're responsible for absolutely everything. You've got to make sure you maintain all your own accounts, even though you're not a company, because right. you still have to pay your taxes. You've got to make sure your your social and national insurance element. Is that still a thing? Was that? National insurance? Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: It's just I haven't been in working in the UK for yeah. over a decade, right? No. So. That's how that's how we pay for our NHS until. Let's get away from politics. Yeah. Let's let's move very, very quickly on, on that. Um,
0: politics, Hour with Mark and Rob. No, <coughs> no. <Bastard>.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that that'll be the most bleeped episode ever. It'll be like you know when you have to yeah. say, uh, "Is this podcast explicit?" And we'll be like, "Yep, a hundred percent."
0: Yeah. There is not there is not a button or a category for how explicit this podcast is going to get if we start talking politics. So um, you're a sole trader, you're doing all of your taxes and accounting, and basically you've got all of the the same responsibilities as running a large company near as damn it. Um, but it's all you,
1: right? And and the problem with that is that the that you're liable for everything, and this is why you create a company because then you can limit the liability, right? I mean, you can get insurance that you can pay for the liability, but there is not, no cap of actual liability. And that liability is actually you, because you are the prov- provider. Well, this is um, the, the common thing
0: that you see, right? Uh, yeah, by the way, nothing in this podcast constitutes legal advice, and I'd be a bit worried if you thought it did. Yeah. Um, there yeah, are much better a, places common... to get uh, legal advice from than us. Try a lawyer or solicitor. Um, It's a common next step, though. You've gone freelance and then actually you form your kind of limited company uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, And it might still just be you, and you might still be working out of your your little second bedroom or your your nice little studio somewhere. But there is now a a, a limited company surrounding it, which makes some of it more complicated and it, it costs a bit of money, but it also affords a lot of different types of protection. Yeah. And it gives you a lot more flexibility because it means that you could potentially contract bits of work out if you yeah. wanted to
1: and and you know you get this more more structured organisation to yeah. it. There's also another a, a small side that you have to be kind of careful as a freelancer is that your behaviour to the to the taxman cannot look like you're basically an employee on the cheap. Yeah. Right. So if you work working freelance and i'm doing air quotes which you can't see for the same company doing a nine-to-five job for a year but not you know but just for yourself the 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 taxman's gonna start going nah, wait a minute this is this uh, this is an employee by any other name and why are you not paying paying paye why are you not giving this guy insurance you know it's not a so you have to be slightly careful on that kind of side um when you're a company, you have your own liability, you have your own insurance, you look like a separate entity. And usually mm-hmm. what, what you're doing when you're working with your clients, you're not saying, I will provide Mark or Rob to you uh, to do this job. You say, um, Bob and Mark Limited will prov- will do this job for you, and the, we're not saying who's going to do it, the company will do it. It's up to, to Rob and Mark Limited to provide this service or or function, um, so it separates the person from from the delivery of, of the service. Yeah,
0: 100%, which means you've got a lot more flexibility. If you need it, you could potentially sub some of the work out. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it normally I'd say you do get freelancers who are still just running Soul Trader, Um, But I'd suggest that anybody who's been doing it for a while will have taken the next step, which is to set up some form of of company vehicle that they can drive around in. Um, (laughs) I like like the idea of a company vehicle that you drive around in. What is that, a 4x4? Yeah. Um yeah and there are there are services in the UK as well right that let um, they let you do this quite easily so there's uh, what do they call them umbrella
1: yeah, company services I, I use umbrella companies they were pretty good the only problem with with umbrella companies is you get this uh, trifecta of payment which essentially becomes that you have a usually a recruiter and we haven't touched on recruiters yet who becomes your agent into the company so the company pays a recruiter the recruiter pays a, the umbrella company and the umbrella company pays you So Mm -hmm. what before was, for example, if you started working at a company, a month later, you'd send them your invoice, which the company would obviously now wait 30 days to pay it. Now you have to, after that 30 days, which is two months since you've actually, or 60 days since you've started um, working, uh, it now goes, Adrian's got the money, who now waits for the umbrella company to get it, and eventually the umbrella company gets it and pays you as if you were an employee. So, an umbrella companies essentially—you're um, working for a company that doesn't care the hours or the jobs you do. They just handle the money and pay you and pay your taxes. That uh, is a quite a really good way when you're starting out in in, in a in a way if you have the patience. Yep.
0: and um, contractors realistically could also do the same thing, right? Not not umbrella companies. They could kind of—you could be a contractor as a, a limited company, but that tends to be less common. Um, I mean, I have to be a bit oh, really? careful because
1: mm-hmm. contracting in this example is the one that I've not done. Right. I, I mean, I have um, done it. I mean, it is essentially, so you are a limited company. You're contracted by another company for a period of three months, generally, or six yeah. months, depending how long the project is. And they renew that contract happily or for another month, depending what you're there to do a job. Um, and it is that thing that you have to be a company. You have to be... Uh, protected. So this is why a lot of contractors have got actual limited companies. Uh, And when I say protected, you have to have public liability insurance, because in case you screw up, the company that you're working for will, you know, will, will um, sue you, and you have to have that, that protection in place. Um, and also, like, if they're going to sue you to to oblivion, you have a li- a liability that goes to the company, not to you. So you're not going to lose your house. You're going to lose your company. You can that company can be made bankrupt, but they're not going to come after you as a director. They're not going to yeah. They're not going to go and take your 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 kid away because it's their intellectual property or whatever the the, <laughs> the penalty they're going to do. Uh, so that's the good protection. That's that's why it's also good shield rather than an umbrella there we go we can have something for your root for your head and want something in front of you um, you're gonna need a bigger company vehicle
0: to get shields and umbrellas in there as well yeah um, yeah um, <laughs> so I suppose I mean the obvious pros the obvious benefits to being freelance um, it's flexibility right you can right. work when you want except you can't because you still have to get the job done but it does mean that you can work by and large from where you want um, if you wanted to to say pop over to uh, Florence, Italy for the weekend, um, you can just do that. Chuck your laptop in the bag and enjoy delivering some work from uh, a nice little cafe overlooking the Uffizi Gallery. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That um, sounds that sounds lovely. I mean, I might go yeah. to a Jersey or something. That's really lovely. Yeah, and even even if you're 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 not going halfway across Europe on some strange art quest, um, it might well be that a day like today, you think, well, actually, I want to get out of my little my little second bedroom. I'm going to go and head down to a nice little cafe and do some work there, and that's all completely fine, right? Um, you can, if you're you're uh, like me, you can work until one two a.m., um, or if you're like other people, you can get up at. 5 a.m. and crack on and nobody cares right. because they just want the work done and delivered.
1: Which I think is, a, you know, um, and uh, full disclosure, this is what we kind of do. We Because we've got clients all around the world, it doesn't matter what time I'm working from, right? So I can set my schedule uh, as long as we're delivering results, which mm-hmm. is brilliant, right? Uh, I think it's brilliant. Um, the The good size is like, you know, of, of running a company is like, it's up to you. You decide on on what to do. Of course, the downside is it's up to you. (laughs) You have to make those decisions. You have to make uh, decisions that might affect you in the future, and you don't know. But, you know, when you're an employee, you didn't care because, you know, the company made those hiring salespeople and getting new work in. And actually, we didn't touch on this, is how do you find the new work as a freelancer or as a company? You have to have some of those skills that, that are not directly related to your job right i'm not and i'm not going to make a crass generalization on developers or or the social skills but i'm just about to but we're not generally the most salesman like people generally we're not business motivated we're more into the technology into the delivery of of something right and yep. now suddenly you have to change roles you have to do a new thing you are hey now i'm captain of industry and and mr network which previously yeah, you
0: You you've potentially got to do all of this at the same time because you've right. got you know, you're working projects that are running, you know, for six weeks. Well, you're going to need to be kind of two weeks into that project, starting to think, well, it might take me a month to land the next bit of work. I've got to spin this up. Right. So it can be. Um, I, I always it's a tired analogy, but you are spinning plates constantly as a freelancer. Yeah, um, you're having to to not only and in some cases it can be actually it's delivering and doing the work that suffers mm-hmm. because you're that busy doing everything else, you know, running around, keeping everybody happy, and and finding new work and what have you. It's like uh, well, there's something I'm forgetting. What is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. To do
1: the actual job, right, uh, of the thing <laughs> that I have to do, um, and also and those and those, are, not, uh, and those are overheads that you forget about because you go, oh yep. yes, I'm going to be doing this, but if you're thinking you know, that money for that I'm charging as a freelancer should also cover that week that I'm eating pizza and watching Rick and Morty and getting new work, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what it should be covering. And this is why they're slightly more expensive. And companies don't get that. They go, well, I'll pay X amount for an employee. Well, I'm paying X plus 10 for a freelancer. Because you actually have to, you, that's what you're paying for. And the ability to get r- higher and get rid of somebody very quickly yep. is the penalty that you're paying for that. Um what else? So there's some other good things that I remember um, about being a company. Oh, yes. is uh, the ability to actually hire other people. And here's the thing that we're talking about not being very good at, you know, sales, for example. But now what you can do is actually go and hire somebody to do the sales. You can Now the circle is complete. I can now hire a freelancer to come and give me those sales. You know, do the things that I'm not good at. You can now the same way that you hire an accountant to do your taxes, because you have to hire an accountant to do your taxes that any moment that you're doing freelancer company stuff, you know, you hire people that do stuff better than you. Yeah. And you've got the flexibility to do that. Um But it's a hard a- one, you know. Is 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 I've I've got to say is having experienced this, it's really hard to hire uh to delegate some stuff. You try to do it to a certain point, and when you get to a point go like, actually the moment you learn how to delegate stuff and manage people that are doing it and know how much time you should dedicate to that delegation, once you've got that, it actually it, it, it makes things a lot easier. But it takes time.
0: It takes time and it's another thing. It's another plate. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this, but honestly, finding the right person, especially if it's a competitive role or what have you, um, and especially if you're also then thinking, well, hang on a minute, I've got to hire this person. They're an employee, potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I want somebody freelance, but they're going to want some kind of retainer. It's like, can I afford to do this? Do I have enough long-term cash flow? And I've got to interview a whole bunch of people, and that's yet another thing that I'm doing. So it is amazing it's a next step. It's an amazing thing that you can do, mm. but a lot of the time you'll be sat there. It's another thing to worry about.
1: Well, I, th- I think uh, maybe this is another topic on getting things done and, and and not just being good, but being able to actually deliver stuff. Is uh, we've come up with two new topics. So we go: you know, getting stuff done and open source. Right, that's going to be on the list of things that we're going to talk about next. But. Um, if you're walk, walk, wandering around worried about stuff, I make a good suggestion of being able to offload it from your brain very mm-hmm. really quickly. Put it on something else to worry about, you know, like put it on a list or things that you know that you're beginning to do. Um, so delegation of, of work is fantastic, but you, then you have to manage that delegation, right? So make a list of saying, hey, manage the delegation. I have a, a whole bunch of reminders that some of them were going off during our... our uh, recording that tell me, okay, do this now, right? Because every day you want to do, you know, a check in on this. So now I wander around like a like like a brainless zombie because I don't worry. I just wait wait for the reminder to go do this. It's a it's much easier. I program the world to, to 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 tell me what to do. So I'm a slave to machinery. The world is your PA. Yeah, you know? exactly. If any, if anybody ever hacks your your smartphone, uh, iPhone, yeah,
0: yeah if anybody go. ever hacks your iPhone, they can have such fun. Yeah, like, I'm not sure why I'm stood in the middle of Reading Roundabout with no trousers on, but the phone told me to, so <laughs> yeah. it must be right. Yeah. Well, that was last Wednesday. Have you been looking at my to-dos? Yeah. Uh,
1: no, it was actually yeah, it made the papers. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, so I think those are the options, right? So we've got the option of. Working for a company, uh, which a lot of people are doing and and seems to work. Lots of people do it. It seems fairly popular. Uh, Being self-employed and just choosing your own gig, being your own man, being the wandering minstrel amongst companies and delivering stuff for for everyone, a freelance or a contractor, uh, and then running your own company. Is there any other things that we've missed? Being... uh, a I mean, you, I
0: frankly, you could drop out completely and just become a bum. Right. Um, but I don't think that we can
1: really speak to that in any great detail. Uh, yet. Give, give us another few <laughs> weeks.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and then there's going to be the Robin Mark's podcast of being a bum. It's like, which that alcohol to you from... from a park bench somewhere? <laughs> um,
0: no, I think that's, that's it. I mean, it, within each of those, there are infinite subtleties. I mean, I've just come from... Um, a kind of four-year stint of um, not only it being my company, but it being kind of a startup environment. Oh, right, and of that course. That's the other one, that, the startup, right? That brings different challenges. It's still your own company, but it's not like oh, we're just delivering services. You're trying to build a thing, mm. and that throws an awful lot of an awful lot of these these pain points into very sharp relief. Right. Um, certainly, when it comes to recruitment and kind of maintaining cash flow and and. Large mm. quantities of lists, um, but it is still fundamentally it's the same basic thing, right? You're just building something to sell
1: rather than selling your ability to build. Um, That's a beautiful quote. We're going to put that at the at the, at the on the banner of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Um,
0: unfortunately, the IP belongs to the company I currently work for. So, right? Okay, <laughs> no, right. it doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anything you come um, up,
1: anything you say, belongs to the company
0: you work for. I mean, there is, I suppose, one thing um, that this kind of puts me mind of building things and selling them rather than uh, the other thing um, is a lot of freelance and even freelance teams when they kind of get together and get to a certain size start with the best of intentions. And you said, you know, before about licensing the output but not necessarily the tools. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we're going to be freelance, so we can we can totally build a whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, and the one thing that I have found is, unless you're explicitly focusing on building that stuff, it can be really, really hard to do, okay. because you've still got to balance it with actually money that uh, work that pays money. Mm. So you may yeah. you might luck out and get into a situation where you can build out some tooling or some frameworks, um, but certainly you know the last couple of times that I've spoken to people where they've had like an internal company side project, mm. yeah, it's like a, a micro startup. Um, and those are nearly always destined to fail because they aren't making as much money as just selling time by the hour mm. or, or, you know, well, becomes, up
1: that juicy six-month contract. It, be- it becomes very tempting, right? So as you say, it's a juicy six-month contract that, that you're now going to show off your product. One of the, the areas that I've really been looking into recently is game development, and that's exactly that. That is like we're trying to make a game, but somehow you have to keep money coming in and you don't want to shove that because that's the whole goal of of you having a, a indie game studio, right, is to deliver that, is to make that game. So I've been trying to learn more about the patterns of, of how indie game studios get their funding before a publisher comes in and rescues them or lends them some money to, to publish their game. A lot of the stuff that has come out of that is, for example... Some game studios do uh, architectural uh, previs or visualization of, of buildings and things like that that I never realized. They're obviously hand-in-hand, hand, but I never realized that that you'd be doing that. And also helping other game de- development companies. So they freelance on another ge- on a bigger game and then come back to do their own game, right? But I can mm-hmm. see that the temptation of like, wow, I've just done freelance on this game. Um... I'm earning the big bucks, you know, but we now need to bring it back to the little indie dev, so that you can feed yourself ramen for the next two years to to get your product out of the way. But I, I guess that's the same with startup, right? Because you're focusing on the product, and you know, unless you get venture capital, which is much more common in the U.S.
0: Well, that is that is another topic for a whole different uh, podcast. There you three, three topics. Um, uh, how I survived working for a VC-funded startup. Um, I did uh, survive. Just. Well, you're here. It was, it was touch here. and go.
1: <laughs> awesome. Um, I've got a few little um, things. I don't know. You don't go to conferences, do you? Do I do, um, I mean, okay, so um, in in
0: context, um, I was quite happily going to conferences, doing the whole thing, then, um, yeah, four years worth of startup, um, and it's one of the first things that falls by the wayside. Right. Um, because being in Jersey, it's not like I can just, even in the UK, just pop up a motorway. Um, it's a flight in a hotel. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to that, though, but hey. Yeah, it's just I suppose it's it's time and what have you and focus right. and blah blah blah. So anyway, I basically haven't really been much of anywhere for about the past three years, which is going to change this year. I have every intention of returning um, and
1: heading off to uh, to slightly more interesting places and meeting some new people. Yeah, um, I'm gonna so- have to try and invite you get you get you to go to a conference in October. See if camp, see if we can go there and camp out as a local host podcast on site or something. CF Camp is very much on
0: the list the because thing. it's because closer it's, to you. <laughs> Isn't yeah, it?
1: it's really easy to get to. <laughs> it's Munich. it's like a direct yeah.
0: flight. Yeah, yeah. Of, we of can course, drive it in three hours.
1: Right. I'm so c- uh, maybe not, but CF Camp don't even know we're coming. But hey, we're coming. Uh, we're coming maybe. for you, CF Camp. <laughs> so I went to a really great little uh, conference uh, in Plymouth uh, last week. Yeah. Um, week before last, which was fantastic. It was a one-day conference, but three interesting tracks. It was at the University of Plymouth. It's called the Future Sync Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, had loads of great speakers, one of them, um, Christian Hellman from uh, Microsoft, who's a fantastic speaker. He, he did the keynote. But it had three tracks, one which was software design and development. Okay, we kind of know about that stuff. But the other one was education and entrepreneurship and business innovation. So it had a wide range of people there, which I found really interesting for a conference. And the tech talks, I say the tech talks, the software development and, and design and development actually were really broad because you had people talking about um, agile, for example, then VR, like, and then um, various other things such as um, uh, color theory and in games. So it, it was beautiful, like wide range of stuff. And the students were also demonstrating um, all the game development skills right next to it. So in an in a exhibition of, of all the end-of-year projects, I guess. And it was like, wow, this is mind-blowing. Instead of just sitting there talking about CSS, or just sitting there talking about like very narrow focus, you know, laser-narrow focus in technology, or, which is what I'm used to about in a lot of conferences. It has such a breadth to it. So you're standing there next to educators that are trying to do STEM uh, in schools and trying to educate kids and to get into technology. Um, I mean, what, what are they going to type on in the future? You know, they're going to be banging on iPads and not know what a mechanical keyboard is all about. Um, poor little buggers. Um, so it was a really great uh, conference. And we've got like some other ones coming up um, next month, which uh, I'm trying to sell you on, which is a full stack conference as well. That's going to be at Codenode at Skills Matter on the 12th and 14th of July, which is like, as the name says, is is there's actually a half stack conference, which I love the name of it because there's a full stack which goes from the front end to the back end, and you have a half stack that just does the front end, which uh, I think that one's in October. And we've got. Can, that, we can we get uh, the other half stack? The other half stack. <laughs> it is with the back end. It's just, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Just doing server and API. Server and API. Yeah, no, I mean, but there's plenty of those, right? So there's yeah, yeah. uh, CF Objective, I guess, which is happening in DC, which got renamed from Dev Objective back to CF Objective, putting the Cold Fusion back into development it's happening in the 20th and 23rd of july so and of course cf camp that's happening in october uh in munich so i think we're going to be at most of those i'm going to be at full stack cf objective and cf camp anyway and hopefully we can uh, tempt you to come over to cf camp at least i think it would be
0: a good start i mean i would make it over to full stack but uh, unfortunately we're we're
1: off on the, on the big family holiday. Oh, you know what's uh, happening at the same time as Full Stack, which really annoys me, is Develop, which is a game conference down in Brighton. And yep. I was like, oh, I could go one round the corner, or I could go one in 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 Brighton and have fun down there. And like, ah, you know. Um, so, oh well, but this 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 happens. But uh, yeah, so we didn't get any feedback from the last one. I got good feedback, people saying those are good things, and a few few. Uh, um, Links to the podcast, but no one's told us that we're completely wrong, so we must be completely right.
0: Yeah, we're, we're
1: obviously we're, we're winning. Yeah, we're winning. We, right, we know all the things exactly. Um,
0: but no, on a serious note, um, if you have listened to this, uh, disagree, agree, whatever, um, get in touch. We like to hear from you, and it's not just you know a shameless requirement for self-validation.
1: <laughs> no, it is. It is. Come on, just tell us how great we are. What we have to do is like and review. Yeah, subscribe yep. and review. And oh, what is it? Whatever the, the YouTube says, it's like, like and subscribe. Yeah, do that. Do that. Where can they do that? They can do that. Well, they can like and subscribe us on YouTube whenever we put this onto YouTube. Uh, they should go to iTunes because everyone needs good reviews for iTunes. If you put like, give, it, like a, give us a five star review. Even if you didn't like us, just press a five. You know, what have you got to lose? Um, and it costs like, you nothing, people. Cost costs yeah, you nothing. Come on, it's just a clicky click. Um, and you can, you know, just email us at show at localhost.fm. You can uh, send us a tweet, uh, send us a DM, uh, tell us what you like, what you don't like. We'll put up some polls or something at, at localhost.fm. And of course, you can just go to our website and look at our beautiful faces there at localhost.fm.